Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Life After Blindness podcast. I am your host, Tim Schwartz, and this week, we've got a couple things to follow up on, because last week, if you joined us, we talked about Ira, we talked about Microsoft Soundscape. For anyone familiar with the YouTuber, Mr. Beast, he has definitely put blindness into the mainstream this last week, so we're going to get into all of that this week on the Life After Blindness podcast, and to join me once again, I have Ryan Palm. Ryan, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me again. And also Charles Heiser. Charles, welcome back. Hello. Wow, you both sound so enthused. Jeez. <laughs> we try our best, Tim. You know, we bring a certain kind of energy to life after blindness that is just... It's just... I don't know where I was going with that. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're here to find the positivity, the silver linings, and um, you guys are just so, so excited. Yeah, so welcome back, guys, and, and welcome to everybody out there listening to the show. Really appreciate you guys coming along with us on this journey. We, um, we've gotten some really good emails, guys, and some good feedback, so maybe next week we will uh, take stock of those and read some out on the uh, show. So if anybody has any questions or comments or suggestions, send those to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. Keep those emails coming in, and uh, we will definitely go through all those here on the show. But up first, guys, like I said here, we talked last week about Ira and their price changes and how they initially had put out the retail prices on the internet without giving us the individual prices. They've corrected all that and, and changed a lot of things, and they've they've added one little minor update. So not not a lot here, but but at least something I think worth mentioning. Charles, you had uh, posted this online. I had already seen it in my uh, email from from Ira with their their newsletter, and they have kind of redone the way they're doing purchase minutes, haven't they? Uh, actually, it might be more accurate to say they haven't redone the way they're doing purchasable minutes. You can continue purchasing minutes to augment whatever plan you are currently on at the prices that we saw in 2022. Until some unspecified date, Ira has said that they will have a call about this or uh, some sort of presentation or something. On February 15th, they listed times in their emails and whatnot. But the gist of it is you can continue purchasing minutes at the prices that we have been using this past year. Now, again, this is not the plans themselves. This is the individual minutes. So again, it's a developing situation, as we said last week, and Ira plans to make a more detailed announcement later this month. So my question to both of you, I'll go to you, Ryan. I know you guys are looking at whether you're going to continue using Ira or not because your wife uses a you know much higher priced plan, you know, one of the bigger plans for her work and, and things like that. Did you guys ever purchase extra minutes? And, and if you have or, or haven't, either way, would you consider it with, with these you know changes? Is this something you would look at doing? Luckily, we haven't had to purchase extra minutes, but it's one of those things that's always been kind of in the back of you know my mind that it's it's nice that the option is there. But I don't know how I feel about where it's unspecified how long they're going to keep letting you do it. I mean, it could be six months, it could be a year, it could be two years i mean part of it i think i don't know that they're really going to be willing to commit and this is just kind of my theory but 
I don't know that they're really going to want to put hard dates on anything right now. Because to me, it seems like they're doing a lot of wait and see and gathering information and seeing what other uh, sponsors they may be able to get. Because I think a lot of that is going to dictate what they do or don't do. Yeah, I think that, that that definitely is part of the puzzle with what's going on with IRA right now. There are so many moving parts and they, you know, like two steps forward, one step back kind of thing with all of this, as we saw with the actual plan pricing. So Charles, is this something that you look at and go, well, considering everything going on, I mean, I can see what they're doing here and, you know, we'll get more information here in the next week or two, but it, just kind of par for the course or is, is there anything concerning here for you? Uh, I would actually say that this is a step in the right direction, in my opinion. It shows that IRA is actively listening to their user base. And while they may not be ready to make changes or roll back announcements that they have been making, they are trying to figure out a way to meet people in the middle. So I have never purchased individual minutes. Oh, actually, I take that back. I did do it one time, but it was a couple of years ago, and it was for a very specific project I was working on. But other than that, I usually uh, don't have a reason to purchase extra minutes. But again, I like that the feature is there. I can definitely see use cases for it. So I think that Ira is trying to walk that line between what they feel they need to do as a business and trying to support the community because of course without the community they have no business yeah i think they're very aware of that and and the community and the community's needs and they have been really working hard i think behind the scenes and even publicly trying to make sure they get everything right with this and uh, making sure that the community is happy and well taken care of so i do give them props for that they they are listening and they are trying to make sure that the things are good uh as far as the community goes so yep again just stick a pin in it we'll, we'll keep watching this with ira things seem to be changing weekly if not you know daily <laughs> when it comes to things at ira so we will definitely keep up with what's going on there so we talked about microsoft last week and them discontinuing support for the very popular soundscape app which is an app that helps to guide us and you know, drop waypoints and get information about our surroundings, point of interests, things like that. And they are going to be stopping that like we talked about last week, but then they've added something to their Seeing AI app. The Seeing AI app is where you can scan barcodes or get short texts or t short text from you know anything, boxes, cans, you name it, uh, scan documents, people, currency, all that kind of great stuff all in one app. And they've now added another tier to that called World. Now, for the moment, this World section is just indoor navigation help. There's nothing as far as outside help like we had with Soundscape, but it does bring in spatial audio and the ability to drop waypoints and to record an actual you know, plotted uh, plan or, or direction with those waypoints to help guide you indoors. So basically what happens is when you open up the app after this update and accept the, the terms of what's going on with this new world section, it will ask you to configure your headphones. Now keep in mind, this only works with Apple's AirPod 3s and then the Pro models. So Pro 1 and Pro 2 models of AirPods. 
uh, because those offer spatial audio. And so it will ask you to put those in so it can calibrate them, make sure that they're set up correctly with the app. And then it will ask permission to utilize the, the gyroscope on your phone and then calibrate the camera on your phone. So what it'll do is have you hold your camera up and have you looking the same direction as the back camera is on your iPhone and it'll calibrate that. And so what'll happen is you can actually drop a waypoint in your home or in a building or in an office or wherever you might be, anywhere indoors. And once you drop that waypoint, it'll ask you to basically mark the route and walk the route. And as you go to you know, a second waypoint, go from A to B to B to C, whatever, you are basically recording that within the app for it to memorize that. So you do have to do it the first time, but once you've done it once, then it will remember that. And what's really nice about this is that you can share it. So it could be a situation where you have somebody with sight or maybe an O&M specialist or, you know, a coworker or somebody, you know, that, that can walk that route for you. And then they can even send it to you and share it to you so that you have it. So if, if it's difficult for you to start it to begin with, you can have somebody else help you and actually create this you know, this point to point um, walking or, or rooting indoors for you. You know, I really like this, guys. I like that they've taken at least something for navigation and put it in the Seeing AI. This is the first thing in Seeing AI that actually helps you to navigate anywhere. So maybe, hopefully, this means, big fingers crossed, that more of Soundscape's uh, abilities and, and, and things will come in the Seeing AI. Maybe that's a plan. I don't know. But for now, I really, really like this, Ryan. I know for you, especially back in the days when you were touring and, and doing, you know, concerts and, and performing places and clubs and bars and whatever, and trying to navigate in a place that you're not familiar with, something like this would be really, really helpful. Well, yeah, and especially since you said you could share it. So if you could get, like you said, somebody to walk it and make it for you or whatever, even before you got there, you would have an idea or... Even as blind people, it sucks when you go to visit another blind friend, let's say, in their apartment building, and they can give you an idea of what you'll see outside, but it's, you know, it's just blind person to blind person. It'd be just much easier to be able to send, you know, uh, Tim a layout of like, this is where you're going to be going, which is something... A lot of us with a brand new area have a really hard time, you know, doing. You have to get, you know, an O&M instructor or, again, ask, you know, someone cited for assistance or just wing it and hope like crazy you make it where you're trying to go. So I think this is, is a great thing, and I'm, I'm really curious to see what it turns into. Well, that's the thing, because they do make it very clear in the app that it is beta so it is being tested even though it is public and in the app they're they're just giving you that caution of hey it's kind of early days we are working on this so don't expect it to to be you know 100 accurate and, and and useful yet and obviously all the same caveats of don't use this in place of your actual o m your orientation and mobility skills still use your cane use your guide dog use your sighted guide method if necessary if, if you got somebody with you but this is something to aid us to give us extra help in finding things indoors and as you were talking about that ryan it, it makes sense for me to use it in places like a restaurant where you know we always get into the situation where we don't know where the restroom is and to be able to plot that ahead of time or to have plotted it once and be able to do it again i mean i'm already thinking like okay restaurants that my wife and i go to 
often where I could have her record it on her phone, like the, the trip from our table to the restroom door. And she could plot that for me. She goes first and then I could get up and go by myself. I wouldn't necessarily have to have somebody guiding me or telling me, and I still might ask for help and hey, am I going the right place? But those types of use cases sound really, really great to me just to get a little bit of a, a nudge in the right direction and get that extra help to find something or to, to navigate from, from one point to another. So Charles, I know that there's a lot of different use cases that you've been thinking about for this. So what do you, what do you think about this new addition to seeing AI? I actually, while Ryan was talking, came up with an example that would have helped me 10 years ago. In Ohio, there's a college called Wright State University, which is near the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And on that campus, there are two main ways to get around. You can walk the normal paths outside between buildings, or most buildings on that campus are connected by an underground tunnel system. And as somebody who has spent a lot of time walking both sets of pathways, I can tell you that the tunnel system can be very confusing to walk. It twists and turns and there are tunnels that branch off in seemingly random directions so they can connect one building's basement to another or one maintenance tunnel to the entrance of another basement or what have you. And using these waypoints to map out, say, an intersection of a T-junction where a tunnel randomly branches off to the left while you're on the right-hand side of the wall trailing with your cane, well, you may totally miss that tunnel. I know I was on campus for about a year and a half before I realized that there were some tunnels I never even knew of. So it may be very handy to have somebody working with the Office of Disability Services to take an iPhone with seeing AI, walk the tunnels, and drop waypoints at different tunnel intersections, and then share that with incoming blind students so that they can more easily learn the tunnel system. I think that's a really great use case for something like this to to have it set up ahead of time. I like what you said about having maybe an O&M specialist or somebody with, you know, services for the blind for the state or you know whoever you can, you know, even if it's a a professor or a teacher or you know somebody at the school, whatever, having them set this up ahead of time. I was thinking about this as a use case for conventions, especially for, you know, blindness related conventions for NFB, ACB, et cetera, you know, CSUN even, and they could have it where, okay, you go to the registration desk and you check in and then they've been, you know, they can share to you, you know, say, okay, well, this is how you get from the registration desk to, you know, the first exhibit hall or, or, you know, or the main exhibit hall, I should say, or this is how you get from the, the desk to, you know, the, the restroom area or to the, to the, you know, to the, to the cafeteria area or whatever it might be. And so, I mean, you still have to maybe have it from, you know, point A to point B. So you have to get yourself to a particular you know place to start, but at least it's something, you know, it's something that can give us that extra independence and the ability to, to navigate something especially in a place where we're not familiar with where we are and we can get that information, you know, given to us if we've never been there before and we're showing up going, okay, um, how do we get there? Uh, so this is, this is very much like, you know, beacons we've talked about over the years with Apple and, and other companies having like Bluetooth beacons, which I still think is something that is underutilized and should just be everywhere, but it's just a matter of getting people to, to know about them and use them and install them, have them in restaurants or in malls or, or what have you, where you could use your phone and, and be able to navigate and find information about what's around you. 
but this is a step. This is a step in the right direction. Literally a step, I guess, since you're using it to, to navigate and walk around somewhere. But um, I just hear my, my daughter in my head going, oh, dad, dad jokes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I really like this addition. And so, yeah, if you open up Seeing AI with the newest update, you will get prompts that will walk you through all of this to, to give you information about it, accept the terms of it, and to calibrate it. And then, yeah, just go to your World tab and check it out. So if anybody out there uses this and, and has anything to say about it, good, bad, or indifferent, let us know. Again, send those emails to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. Let us know how you're getting on with the uh, new update in Seeing AI. Well, as I'm sitting here and you're talking about this thing, if they could really get some leverage behind it, uh, I think you could potentially, you know, download um, essentially a map of like, let's say you were going to go to the airport and you could have one specifically for, you know, Alaska Airlines or uh, Southwest or, or whatever, and it would take you from, you know, the main entrance and get you to the right section where you need to be. Oh man, different... that would be that would be so useful at SeaTac or ATL or CBG or. That's what I'm saying, man. and you could potentially do this for malls, uh, restaurants. Have it available where again you have somebody that would be willing to just go walk these couple of things really quick and, and hit you know some key points and basically make the maps and have them downloadable where you could go to a website and go, okay, I'm going to uh, Mall of America. I'm going to, you know, you know, different places like that, you know, big, you know, standard places, like you said, some of the different airports, things like that. And, and they'd be right there and just have a big website of, and you could put in, um, you know, where you are and say, okay, things around washington that we they've made maps of things around cincinnati that they've made maps of and you can go oh i want this one this one this one and this one and you could even expand it into if you have waypoints that are really far away from each other like you said if you're walking in a city if you're say in chicago which is what i'm thinking of for example chicago blocks are long so yes. if you could have some sort of feature that's a uh, gentle noise or some sort of guiding feature to sort of keep you on the right path from point A to point B. I think that would also be very useful, sort of stay inside the lines, if you will. And then the ability to toggle certain waypoints off and on or to figure out how far away you might be from uh, a specific waypoint and with GPS support, if we ever see that, if we ever see some of the things that we will be losing in Soundscape migrate over to seeing AI, you could expand this even further and you could assign addresses or use GPS markers that are already in your base database, for example, and reference that information to your waypoints. And then you just create an ever-expanding web of points that you can navigate around. I mean, there's so much potential for this technology. There really is. I mean, you could sit there and they could even take it, you know, further where, let's say, like you were talking about the college earlier. All right, what if you walked those tunnels again with this technology and made your own map and then could upload it so that 
other people could have it of you know and you could tell them oh, yeah. okay you know hey blind students you know freshmen um you know download this this will how help cool. you how cool would it be if you open seeing ai on campus and you get an alert that says hey by the way we have a map of this do you want to download it and try it out and then all of a sudden you're just empowered with these waypoints that you had no idea somebody had made well yeah because i mean again I know we're kind of jumping all over the place and back, but I'm, I'm kind of just like thinking of this as we're going. Like we mentioned, you know, the airport or the mall earlier. How many times have you walked through either place and you have no idea what you're even walking by? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You're just, you're just walking along. And, I, you know, personally, I don't like shopping. And the biggest reason I don't like to go out and go shopping is it's boring. I'm just mm-hmm. walking along and there's, People talking, people walking by, but it's like, okay, what am I walking by? What store is that? Is that, you know, a pennies? Is that whatever? So to have these things that can give us more clues and and a, a true idea of where we are, and then you can, you know, look over at whoever you're working by, hey, I want to go into, you know, there's a shoe store right here. I want to stop here. Hold on. I totally understand what you're saying because the first time I experienced a demo Ira walk around at NFB 16 when I still had a guide dog was it was so amazing to have an agent in my ear say, you're passing this or there's this feature on the building across the street or whatever. And of course, a waypoint wouldn't give you that level of detail, but it would enable you to understand what might be around you depending on how they're labeled and depending on how it's presented to you, which I imagine is going to change as this feature grows into its own. Because again, like we said, it is in a public beta state right now. So there are disclaimers that you shouldn't rely on it. You should make sure to keep track of your experiences, let them know if you find any bugs with it. But as we see this grow and change, I think there's all sorts of avenues to explore. And I really hope that we see this be creatively used, not just by Microsoft, but by people who get their hands on it. What you guys are talking about is a lot of the reasons why I like apps uh, along the lines of BlindSquare that we talked about last week, because I'll do that in the car with my wife if we're going somewhere, even if it's just local or especially if we go on vacation, I'll use an app like that to kind of help be navigator, which opened up a whole new, you know, I have life. never thought about doing that. Oh, I, I've Neither done it I. a lot. That's a great idea. My wife, Jennifer can see and, and, and can drive of course, and she likes to drive. So score when, when we got together, cause I was like, wait, you, you, not only are she sighted, which is fine. I, I know a lot of blind couples, but she was sighted and liked to drive, enjoys it, doesn't mind it. I'm like, okay, this is a match made in heaven already. Um, but for many, many other reasons too, I, just just to make, you know, put on record, I, I love Shout out you. to Jen, she's amazing. Oh, Jen's awesome. Yeah, she um, is. But, um, but no, like if we go on vacation, especially if we're somewhere that we maybe haven't been to before, or we're trying to find a restaurant or a hotel, I can launch something like Blind Square and put in the end, you know, result, the end uh, address and say, okay, this is where we want to go. But then between where we are and getting there, I can have it and you can set this up in the parameters, but I can have it telling me things that we're passing as we're passing them. And so that allows me to understand what's around me out in the world with GPS so that I can say, okay, well, we're going to pass 
this place and that place and up here, blah, 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 you know, whatever, you know, 0.2 miles away, it's going to be whatever turn here. I will have all that information from that app so that I actually feel like I'm part of things and I'm not just the blind guy sitting there in the passenger seat, as you were talking about, Ryan, not knowing what's passing you by literally and not knowing, you know, I've had so many times where I've had that open and turned on and, and playing in my ear and I go, oh, I didn't know that restaurant was there. Did you realize we had one of those nearby? And it's like, she's like, yes, dear, I, I did. I'm like, well, I, I just didn't know, you know? So I find so many things just in, being in the car and it giving me that feedback. And so to have something like that eventually uh, possibly pop up in something like seeing AI for indoor usage to get, you know, malls or airports or, you know, what have you, um, you know, can you imagine something like in a big box store, like you go to a Best Buy or a Walmart and the, the different departments around are in there and programmed. So you could be able to navigate to different parts of a big box store like those. That would be amazing and, and really change a lot of how I do things in life and a lot of the, the things that I maybe choose not to do because it's just too daunting or or you know too much for me to try to, to do. So yeah, I was excited just about being able to navigate from my, my dinner table at a restaurant to the bathroom or to the door. But wow, yeah, you guys have really given me a lot more to think about with, with uh, other possibilities. So yeah, Microsoft, wish list, please. Um, if, if you're listening, any of you listening, and I know a couple of your employees do listen. So um, yeah, the, the, make that happen, will you? Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, for I, sure. I am, <laughs> I am so excited to see my girlfriend this weekend. I'm just going to be like, hey, uh, I know we had plans, but can we just go driving around the city? Yeah, can we yeah. just go wandering where we are at? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I need you to drive me around so I can open up, you know, something like Blind Square and, and just be able to tell you what I'm right. hearing and be like, hey, that's there. I didn't know that was there. And then right. and then let's go in a building and, and, and help me map out the building with seeing AI so I can walk all the routes in this building and navigate places on my own. Yes. I mean, just a whole day of, of blind exploration. I, I am I'm like <laughs> genuinely excited for this. I know it might sound really nerdy or whatever. It is so fun to me to find new ways to adapt tools that we already have to get more usage out of them and to broaden my understanding of what I'm capable of and what's around me. I just, I do. I just want to hop into a car now and just see how far I can drive and see how far <laughs> we can explore and find things. And of course, everything that I'm going to know whoever's driving is going to be like, yeah, I saw that sign like five miles ago. And I'm like, okay, but I didn't. <laughs> If you start driving, though, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a little worried. I'm going to drive all the way to you, Ryan. I'm going to make it. All right. Well, if you, if you can, well, uh, what do you want for dinner? Have the couch ready. Use, use, use Blind Square <laughs> and tell me what you see so we can go out to dinner. Hey, you got it. I'll let you know what I find on the way into town. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, now that that's settled, um, let's move on to something that, uh, well, I, I want to say is controversial, but... I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what the guys think about this. I'm not sure that I personally find the controversy, but uh, there are people online, uh, of course, because, you know, it's online, it's the internet, it's social media. So people are going to find controversy and people are going to be upset, but I I'm not sure that I'm finding it. So for anybody who hasn't seen this story, the very, very popular YouTuber, Mr. Beast has recently published a new video. It's only eight minutes long, and I will drop a link to it in the show notes for anybody who wants to go and watch it, where Mr. Beast has taken his vast amount of funds that he has from all his sponsors and, and all the things that he does to make money and everything. And he has taken 
that money and his channel and his notoriety and helped out a whole bunch of people that were blind or visually impaired with a condition that is treatable, that is something that can be corrected, and that's cataracts. And what he did is he partnered up with an ophthalmologist who got him basically in connection with, uh, I think it was a thousand people, 1,000 individuals that needed cataract surgery and for whatever reason or another, weren't able to afford it. So I don't know if they were not insured, underinsured, or even just their copay was just too much. I mean, whatever the reason, uh, because in, insurance does cover cataract surgery, but in this case, for whatever reason, these people weren't able to get it, weren't able to afford it. Some of the people were older people, which is usually where cataracts is more prevalent, is in older people uh, where the eyes get that filmy, you know, foggy look over top of them and you can't see through it. I've had cataract surgery myself years ago, not to help my vision at that point, but for my ophthalmologist, because he was saying, you know what, we need to do cataract surgery because I got to look in your eyes and I can't see anything anymore into the back of your eye to look at your eye disease because the cataracts are too cloudy. We need to get rid of them so I can see into your eyes to be able to, to keep tracking the, the progress of, of your vision, visual impairment. Um, so, I mean, I've gone through this process myself. Thankfully, I had insurance that covered it, but uh, apparently these 1,000 people did not. And so he took his money and working with this ophthalmologist helped these 1000 people to get the cataract surgeries that they so desperately needed. And like I said, many of them were older people dealing with cataract issues. There are also several that were born with cataract issues and were either younger, you know, uh, like teenagers or, you know, in their twenties or just younger people that are still dealing with this. And he paid for their surgeries. And in many cases, even gave them extra money. So some of them, he, he gave them, you know, $10,000 just to kind of get their, their life, you know, going again. Well, one guy, uh, one uh, teenager who hadn't even gotten his driver's license yet, he, he gave him a Tesla plus some, some money to go into a, uh, a college fund. So Mr. Beast is using his, his fame, his notoriety, his YouTube channel, his clout as, as a you know, creator on the internet to do something like this. And this isn't the first time he's done something like this. He really got famous years ago with just going out in the street and finding homeless people and giving them, you know, $10,000 or, you know, going in and buying things for people, having them go on shopping sprees and, and be able to buy groceries and things like that. So he has done this many, many times before. It's not like this idea just kind of fell out of the sky and came to him and just like, oh, hey, I'm going to do something charitable for the first time ever in my life. No, this guy has done this many times. So yeah, this isn't the first time that he's done something like this, but it has gotten a lot of attention, especially in the press and uh, you know all different forms of media and social media. And there have been some dissenters here that think that maybe this is some sort of a, I don't know, some sort of PR scheme or some sort of you know grab for, for notoriety which he kind of already has. So Charles, I'm going to go to you first on this because you were the first of the three of us to watch the video and I think even be aware of this. Talk to me about this. What is Mr. Beast doing here? Why is he doing it? And, or at least why do you think he's doing it? And, and what is this controversy that's surrounding this whole thing? Yeah, so I lurk in the YouTuber, Twitch streamer world a lot. Uh, there are very, very few comments from me on the thousands of videos that I've watched, but I keep up with some of this stuff. And you cannot touch any of this without being aware of Mr. Beast. He exploded onto the scene and has been a huge influence ever since. So 
when I first became aware of this a few days ago when it dropped, honestly, my initial reaction was, oh, the title's a little clickbaity, but that's to be expected. All right, let's see how it goes. It's an eight minute video. I have time. And I watched it. And my initial reaction was, oh, Mr. Beast is helping people again. That's nice. And I moved on. Like, that's all it was for me. I didn't feel like the video was overly inspirational or was taking advantage of disabled people or anything like that. As you said, Tim, Mr. Beast is known for giving his money to people who need it, helping out charities, raising money specifically for individuals who would benefit from it. And it just seemed like another one of those types of projects to me. I did see some controversy online about this on Facebook specifically. And one of the biggest points that I found in reading through comments and posts was people thought he was misusing the term blind. And to an extent, that's true. A lot of these people had sight before and lost it because of the cataracts developing, but he isn't really misusing blind, in my opinion. He's just shortening it because how many times have we been explaining our levels of vision to people and we go, oh yeah, I, we, we fall into a category of blind and visually impaired or partially sighted or however you want to describe it, right? It's just kind of a mouthful and Mr. Beast was just trying to shorten it. So I don't see any problem with him using blind, even if it is a little bit misleading. There are two points in the video at which he distorts the view that he's showing you to demonstrate the very basics of what he's getting at. The video is shot and cut in such a way that there isn't a whole lot of time for technical explanations. And that's not really the point. The point is to see the reactions of these people as they come out of their procedures and also find the additional gifts that he's given them. It's, it is a, it is a reaction video at its core. And again, I don't really see a problem with that. The other thing that I have been noticing a lot of dissenters talking about is, well, why would he do this in the first place? These people didn't need his help. That's not the point. The point is he's trying to do something good. He's trying to spread more goodness at its core. Sure, he has a business to run. Sure, he's trying to keep up his fame and notoriety, but this is his job. That's what he's chosen to do. And so you have to expect a certain amount of that in these projects. I don't think there's anything wrong with that personally. Ryan, how do you feel about it? I'll hand the soapbox over to you. Well, there's a couple of different things. I mean, you get some people, if you use the word blind, they look at it as it's cut and dry. It's either you have absolutely no vision whatsoever or if you do, well, fine, you can see you're not blind. It, it, it's not true. There are so many different levels of it. There are so many different variations of sight loss. Um, I, I don't know. I think people just kind of get too hung up on just words and, and look too much into it. And for me, I have no problem that he's helping out these people. I mean... No one really knows what their circumstances are. There's got to be reasons they never had the surgery before. You know, they probably couldn't afford it for one reason or another, be it, you know, lack of insurance or whatever the case is. Um, I, I To me, it's, it's one of those things of 
be grateful that someone is willing to be generous enough to help people out, uh, no matter what his reasons behind the scenes may be. I mean, yes, he's going to get attention for it. Okay, cool. Who cares? You're, you're gaining from it as well. If you're getting your vision back, I mean, you're getting something out of him being generous too. So to me, what, what does it matter what his reasons are? You're, you're, you're benefiting also. I don't know what the impetus for this idea was. I don't know what the original aim of the project was for him and his team. I don't even know if he was the one to come up with it. Who knows? But the way that the video is framed, the initial setup for the video is we're going to help a thousand blind people get their sight back. And that's what they do. They show a, a small subsection of those people and their reactions. They show him giving money and cars and advice and and just watching their reactions as they come out of it again it is at its core a reaction video and i think it does exactly what he set out to do he's got his super fans and he's got a bunch of people who watch his channel and it drew notoriety it drew national media notoriety i saw a story that nbc did about this and again i don't think there's anything wrong with that that's his job. That's his That's his model that his team works off of. This is by far not the first video that's been structured like this that he's been put out. And we'll see more. Maybe he'll lean into this. Maybe he'll shy away from disability advocacy and disability uh, procedures. I don't know. I don't know what he has planned. We'll just have to wait and see. But this specific video, I think people by and large, and again, this is just my opinion, but I think people are getting worked up about things that don't really matter and that miss the point of this project. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I basically share your opinion on this. It's like, just let it happen. If, if the people that are in, you know, involved in the video are cool with it and they're happy with it, that's really all that matters. Well, and that's the thing that you guys both touched on this a little bit of first of all, the people that are getting the help, I don't hear them complaining about getting the help, you know? And and the, as far as the controversy goes, okay, yeah, words. And, and there are some people within our, you know, community, the blind and visually impaired community, I know some people don't like that word, but it, it is what it is. You know, the people that, that are blind or visually impaired or associated with us, there are people that don't like the use of certain phrases and words outside of true actual clinical definitions of blindness. And, and I mean, I kind of get that, but at the same time, come on again, like you said, Ryan, it's just words and it really doesn't affect us and, and our situation and, and being blind. And the other thing that, to keep in mind, like you said, Ryan, as well, you know, blindness is a spectrum and with the public getting more of an understanding of autism being on the spectrum i'm hoping that the next step is that people can understand that blindness is also a spectrum that it's not just you can either see or you can't that there is a lot in between uh based on what type of vision loss you have and so my favorite part of the video even though i couldn't see it i knew what he was doing you mentioned this charles that he actually had like overlays where he was showing you know here's what these people can or really can't see because of the cataracts being cloudy and covering up their eyes. And so they're not able to see. And so for me, if nothing else, 
to show sighted people, hey, this is what people with this particular eye condition, this is what they see or can't see and give an example of that, that's a win by itself. But for the fact that he goes that extra step and, and pays for 1,000 people to get the surgery, then at the end, he actually donates $100,000 for additional people to get this surgery, which as the, the ophthalmologist that he's speaking to says, oh my gosh, that'll help thousands, you know, plural of people, you know, that donation. So it's it's not even just the individuals directly that he helped, but it's these other people that are gonna be indirectly helped with just that donation of money. So. Yes. Is there a, a, a part of this that's okay, it's clickbaity and, you know, he's bringing you in to watch this as kind of a, you know, a lot of those TV shows do where they, you know, either they, they redo your home or they give you a new house or they've, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, it's like all of those things. But this guy, over time, everything that I've ever read about him, learned about him, videos I've watched of him, I mean, this, this guy, this kid, because he's only like 24, I think, 25 years old, something like that. Um, and he started this you know, several years ago. He has said in interviews that his eyes, pardon the pun, but his eyes have been open to a lot of things going on in the world. And that's what he wants his channel to do is be able to help people and provide things to people that maybe they didn't have. And so when he found out, and I think I read this somewhere, Charles, you said you weren't sure how this began i believe it was the usa today article that i read where he either himself or somebody he knows you know had some issues with vision or cataract surgery i think it was somebody he knew and he got talking to an ophthalmologist about this whole thing and understood that you know this is a, a correctable eye disease or eye condition this is something that is correctable it's just unfortunately a lot of people aren't able to afford it especially people in other countries and he does cover that in the video where they went internationally to you know other countries some even some third world countries where they don't i mean they don't have insurance there isn't a you know structure in place like that to be able to help some of these people and so he was able to get in there and and help some people outside of the u.s to get this surgery because it is one of the things on that list of eye conditions where it is correctable and it's a shame somebody can could get this and could get their vision back and be able to get a lot of things about their livelihood back and make it easier for them but they can't get it because they can afford it or or whatever the reason and so for him to step in and do this i have no problem with it if people want to say oh it's sensationalized and it's clickbaity and whatever yeah i don't care because one like I said at the top of all this, it's not like he did this out of the blue the first time ever to get notoriety. You know, it's not like, you know, just somebody, just Joe Schmo was like, hey, I'm gonna start a YouTube channel and I'm gonna start just doing stuff to, to shock people and to get notoriety for good PR. No, I mean, he's been doing this for a long time and he slowly came to this. It's not like he even, I don't, I, I honestly really don't think that he did all this stuff in the beginning years ago when he was giving away the money. I don't feel he was doing it for the notoriety. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, obviously there's a little bit of that because he's wanting to make his channel do well and, and get the clicks and get the, the views and all that. But without the clicks, the views and, and the subscriptions that brings the, um, you know, the, the companies that are giving him this money, that he's getting sponsorships and donations to him and his company and what he does to do some of these things. Without all of that, he wouldn't be able to do some of these things, you know, so it, it kind of just all goes together. And the fact that this kid, and it, like I said, in a lot of interviews I've seen with him, he says, I, I just can't believe some of the stuff that goes on in our world. And as I do more of this stuff and meet people and find out stuff and interview people, I just 
can't believe what a little bit of money can do to help people and to, to you know go so far to help people and he's into it and he loves it and you can hear his excitement his enthusiasm and so yeah maybe did he use the word blind sort of incorrectly a couple times and didn't really explain the spectrum side of it maybe not but at the same time he does give examples of what it is what it means what cataracts are how the surgery works what it does you know gave models i actually watched a doctor an actual ophthalmologist do a reaction video of his own on youtube about it and he makes the comment boy i don't know who does his animations and graphics to explain vision issues and, and cataracts but i i want them on my team so that i can use those on my channel and in my in my office and my practice because that was fantastic so i mean this ophthalmologist was pleased and and really happy with how he presented it and thought that it was really well done and and a good thing so yeah in a, in a case where maybe the three of us aren't able to get a surgery to fix our particular eye conditions where cataracts is involved in on, another eye disease a lot of i think it's one of you guys might know and correct me if I'm wrong if on this, but I think over half of all eye conditions are correctable, if I'm not mistaken. And unfortunately, they don't get corrected, uh, but because of money or insurance or, you know, where you live or, or whatever the, the condition or the situation. And that's a shame. You know, if I can't get mine back, well, you know what? So be it. I'm working on my journey. And that's what we're here to do on Life After Blindness to to show people and help people, you know, based on what we've gone through and, and maybe we can help some other people. But if there's people out there that can get their vision corrected and, and not have to do the things we're doing and, and learning the things we're learning and they can, you know, see their children and, and maybe go back to work and get a job, you know, and not be underemployed or unemployed as many of us are, good for them. And, and if this is what it takes, you know, I'm all for it. Put a spotlight on vision loss on blindness and what can be done and how simple some vision issues can be taken care of and maybe that can bring us into a, a, a different way of looking at blindness where the public is more educated and understands what we can see or not see what we go through and and the things that we need uh i i have a question for both of you and i will answer it myself as well and it's a question that I'm sure all of us have been asked. I know I have been many, many times, but it is absolutely related to this. If you could have a procedure to get perfect vision, would you take it? And I'll start so that the two of you can think about it because we did not plan this. I just came up with it out of the blue. Um, my answer has changed over the years. And coming from a place of having some sight, but always been legally blind, I at first said, yeah, of course, I would want a perfect sight or normal sight. And then as I got older, I said, well, I'm comfortable with the level of vision I have and I know how to use it. And then I lost more vision. And at this point in my life, I have the least amount of vision that I have ever had. And while I have adjusted to it physically, I transparently still have some psychological issues with it. There are times where I find myself dealing with depressive thoughts because I can't read the TV anymore, or I can't walk around without a cane safely in environments that I don't know. So I think at this point in my life, if I had the ability to get sight back or even 
undergo a procedure where you can get one of those like bionic eyes because there are a couple of those that are fairly successful, I would absolutely take it. Absolutely. I would jump at the chance, but I know from a neurological standpoint that my brain knows how to process that information. It just hasn't had a chance to do it in a while. So there would be an adjustment period, but I know what I'd be getting into and I would absolutely take it 100%. I would love to be able to sit behind the wheel of a car and just drive down the road and go wherever I want. I mean, it would be so, so freeing and so empowering, I think. Tim, what do you think about this? You know what? I'm with you to the extent of, I am torn, but if I was given the opportunity to get some or all of my vision back to at least, at least a level of being able to see some things, you know, to be able to, to make out faces or to see a little bit of the television or to, to, to read, even if it's large print at minimum, I would take that. But if I was given the opportunity to get all of my vision back and restored, you know, then absolutely. Yes. Now, part of it is yes, because I know that there are times where, you know, my wife, I've documented this on the show several times. She has back and, and knee issues and, and nerve damage issues. And so sometimes as much as she enjoys driving, like I mentioned before, it can be hard on her. And so for me to be able to say, you know what, let me drive, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get us there. Or, you know what, don't worry about going and picking up our daughter from school. I'll go get her or whatever, you know, so she can just stay home and rest and not have to do it. And so we, to be able to drive and do that, would be fantastic. And of course, all the other just being able to just go to the store, go places whenever I want to and not having to wait for an Uber or, or, or paratransit. It would be fantastic. Um, to get really, really gushy, though, you know, I have a 10 year old daughter who's going to be 11 later this year, and I've never seen her face. My wife's face, I saw some of when we were dating. I had just enough vision that under really, really great lighting conditions, I could make out her face. And there was a picture she had, this is how long we've been together, um, almost 14 years now that we had started dating, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I had, a, there was a picture of her on MySpace that dates this. Um, and it was a very great close up of her face, you know, neck up, chin up, kind of, you know, headshot. And I had blown that up on my big, huge monitor and I was able to see her in that picture and in real life, you know, see a little bit of her. So I have an idea ish of what my my wife looks like but not great and so to be able to see their faces you know to be able to look at them and, and really see them and i know that's not in the grand scheme of things not horribly important you know whatever but at the same time you know my daughter is now 10 almost 11 years old and i, and I generally in, in my mind's eye i have a, a, a an idea of what she looks like based on what i've just kind of put together you know from when i give her a kiss on her cheek and i put my hand on her other cheek you know, I know what we stereotypically are accused of feeling people's faces and, and, and you, you shouldn't do that. You don't do that. But when you have a child, <laughs> you can't help yourself sometimes. You put my hand on her cheek or feel her chin, you know. So I, I've painted a picture in my mind of what I think she looks like. But to be able to see that, you know, to be able to play video games again that aren't just audio based or hoping and praying that maybe somebody will make it accessible and you know, be able to see certain, you know, movies and things and, and, and whatever. So yes, there, there are many, many reasons as to why I would absolutely sign up for that, you know, try to be first one in line to get my vision back. At the same time, it would be bittersweet because I've really built a life on working with assistive technology and 
mentorship and and you know helping people with you know with their journeys the, you know, with the way people help me with mine and doing things like this podcast and other things that I'm working on and you know how does that continue does that continue if I got all my vision back I would want it to but it would be different and it would be awkward ish I think but there would be a place for it but it would be a different place and so I'd have to look at how that you know how does that affect my life if I get all my vision back what is the life after blindness podcast look like what is what does the website look like and other endeavors I'm working on I think it, I think there, like I said I think there's still a place for them but but it would be different you know um but so yeah the the say all that long-winded answer the the short answer is yes absolutely I would I would sign up for before we before Ryan speaks up, I just want to take a second to say I don't think you should undersell wanting to see the faces of your loved ones. That's that's really meaningful and impactful for all sorts of reasons. And actually, it's even in the Mr. Beast video. There's one guy who says the first thing I want to see when I wake up is my son's face. And that's yeah. what they do. And it's a super emotional moment. And, you know, I, I think that that's very important to say and good on you for being so transparent. Also, I think it would actually make the podcast and and your advocacy work even more interesting to be somebody who has all of these skills with assistive tech, knows what it's like to be blind, could at any moment put a blindfold on your face and function perfectly fine and also has that sighted perspective. I would have killed to have any of my teachers know what it was like to walk around with vision loss on a daily basis. That would have been really cool to have a mentor who was sighted and who had the experiences that I was living as a kid. So I think both of those definitely have their place and, and should not be undersold. But yeah, I'm I'm interested to hear Ryan's perspective on this. So uh, what do you have for us, Ryan? For me, it's a very complicated answer because of never having a vision whatsoever i don't know what i look like i don't know what the color orange is i don't know what a sunset looks like except for all of a sudden it's dark you know there's these certain things that you no matter how much people try to explain it unless you've seen it before you just can't grasp it you know, it's not something that I focus on all the time and that personally I'm too worried about going, oh man, I wish I knew what a sunset looked like. I mean, I have my moments, but on my day-to-day, -day, I don't really worry about it. But like Tim, I have, you know, my wife, my daughters, my granddaughter, stuff like that, that I would love to be able to see. But it's a huge step to take if you're able to to fix what's wrong with my vision because of never seeing anything before i would i would think i would basically have to learn all over again i mean things like you know how to walk how to tie your shoes how to do all these different things that you you have done as a blind person and we have different ways of doing things that aren't how sighted people do them so you would basically have to learn life over again. And it can, to me, it comes across as it could be really complicated. And do I want to go through all that? I mean, I'm, I'm happy with the way things are. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have met my lovely wife. I wouldn't have met 
you know, Tim and Charles and some other friends and things had I not been blind. Um, so there have been definite bonuses to, to come out of it. Um, you know, sure. I'd like to be able to do the ideal things of like Tim said, man, I really want, you know, that Reese's peanut butter cup. I'll just go get in my car and drive to the store and go get one. Uh, you know, simple tasks like that, or, you know, my daughter would love to go get a, a new outfit for her dance coming up. I'll just drive her to the mall, you know, stuff like that. Instead of having to schedule it and go, so-and-so will you take us or you will take the bus or do whatever we have to do. So there's the, you know, the obvious pluses, but like I said, to, to me, there's a lot though that I would have to just basically relearn life. I think for you, a lot of things would still be the same, but you wouldn't have to feel for things as much. You wouldn't have to navigate the, the same way that you do. Part of me feels like it'd be easier, but then part of me feels like it would be even harder. So I, I, I don't know. So I, I think I do understand the complexity of your answer because it's like, in some ways it would make things so much easier, but at the same time, you're having to take everything that you've learned and all the little tricks and things that you do and chuck them out the window and find new ones. But does that, but is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Because it, it could be a good thing because well, now you can see and, and so you can use your eyes to give you, you know, feedback and information that you were having to use your hands or your ears or your cane or whatever for before. Now you can just glance like anybody else where, you know, where you couldn't do that before. And, you know, so I don't know. I, I, I'm with you. I think it is a complex answer. And then the word you're looking for, Tim, is traumatic. Medically speaking, it would be very yeah. traumatic, not just on the eyes, but also on the brain. Because I think it would be traumatic for even you and I. I think if yeah. I were to get my vision back tomorrow and be able to see perfectly, it would be traumatic. It would be great, but at the same time, it would be emotional and, and hard yeah. in a way. I I have gone up and down in, in my levels of vision. I've gone from 2200 to 2400 to 2600, back to 2200 to 2600 to 2800 to 2400. To, uh, it, it's so bad now that it's not measurable, but I know what it's like to wake up and, you know, the next day, take that eye patch off your eye and your vision is different. Like the world is different. And when you first, or at least when I first take an eye patch off of my eyes after a surgery, everything is super blurry. I can understand that I am getting visual input, but I can't make sense of it. I literally need people to move. I need things to be passed in front of my eyes. I need to turn my head and reorient my spatial awareness. And the more I focus on it and the more things, the more input that my brain gets, the more it makes sense. I literally could see the world making more sense. It's a really weird thing to try to explain. So in a way, I have an idea of what it would be like, but I have never been completely blind. And I just don't know what Ryan's brain would make of these new signals, literally an entirely new sense. So I understand your answer. And honestly, I, I respect that you maybe wouldn't want it because it would be learning an entirely new way to live. So it, it makes a lot of sense. Well, and it's been discussed too, um, 
you know, no one knows for sure, but since I've never used the vision part of my brain, it's smaller. It never had to grow. It never had to oh, sure. develop. So it's kind of like, would the, would a surgery even work? Um, what has happened to the parts that are on either side of the visual part of my brain? Have they grown and kind of filled in that gap? Um, you know, so there's all kinds of different things that it's like, well, okay, it's not as simple as, all right, cool. We could totally replace, you know, your eyes and here you go, plug them in and off we go. There's more to it. You know, there's the brain side, there's the just overload of, even if you could get it to work of information and stuff. I, I, I don't know. I, I've been asked this question a lot. I mean, throughout my life and it's just, it's not a simple yes or no. Mm -hmm. It's kind of one of those, I almost wish if I could do it, I almost wish I could control it where I could turn it on and off or like have a trial run. I was just thinking yeah, that. Yeah. Have like a yeah, trial. Give me yeah. a 30 day trial. And, <laughs> yeah. and like if I don't like we'll it, can I go back? Out. Right. Yeah. Oh, because... although now I'm thinking about a dystopian world where you have to subscribe to each of the senses you want. And that's just terrifying. I'm not okay with this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, guys, I think we should leave it right there. But I want to thank both of you once again for joining me, Charles and Ryan. I definitely want to thank all of you out there for listening and your emails and your social media follows and, and everything else that everybody's doing out there and joining us on this journey. And uh, so, yeah, I, I really greatly appreciate it. Ryan, Charles, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Tim. It was good to be here. Take care, everybody. Hello and welcome to the Life After Blindness podcast. I am your host, Tim Schwartz, and I'd like to welcome you to what the... Every time. Okay. Shut up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Life After Blindness podcast. I'm your host, Tim Schwartz, and this week, boy, do we have some interesting things to talk about today because... What, wait, the, the... So close. Ugh. Hey, look, it's 404. How fitting. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Life After Blindness podcast. I'm your host, Tim Schwartz, and my brain farted. What the? F <laughs> and I don't remember who I am. Tim, 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 Tim. Quiet. Tim, 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 Tim. Quiet. Come here. Tim, me. Tim, me. All right. Oh, yeah.